ministry, and uh, he and Jeremy, uh, Pastor Jeremy, are uh, are helping bear the load on on evangelism. So here at Heartland, we say that we're a discipleship church, <clears throat> and yet um, we're not always good about evangelism. So we're really not a good discipleship church if we're not evangelizing, because that's the whole. I mean, that's the point. If you're not reproducing, you're not reproducing. And so you, I remember Leo Humphrey one time told, told me. We don't want to become monks in a monastery, right? And and so, uh, and that's what can happen. We can get, as uh, Alan Shelby says, ingrown eyeballs. And it's much more comfortable to be fed and sit at the table than to get up and go out in the field and work. And so there's a certain amount. I'm just going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to preach just a moment. But uh, <clears throat> there's a certain amount of discomfort that I hope this brings, not just the people in this room, but everybody watching. Because at the end of the day, if we're going to reproduce fruit, you got to get uncomfortable. That's all there is to it. And uh, we can, we'll try to on-ramp things as easy as we can. And it's really not that hard. It's really just a willingness. Um, you, I wanted to have some cards ready tonight uh, for you to even exercise with, but they'll be ready tomorrow, uh, which are just invitations to our Christmas Eve service. I'm going to have those ready to go with QR codes on the back so you can hand them out to all your friends. But the point is not just to invite them to a service, it's to engage in a conversation. So uh, we're going to try to give you tools in your hands so you can... Do what it is we all need to be doing, which is uh, making every opportunity to share the gospel with people uh, as as naturally and as uh, organically as possible. So I don't know if that was a good segue or not. It really wasn't meant to be, but that's that's what we're all about. We want to get about the business and not just learning but doing. So I'm going to turn it over to Pat, and he'll take it from there. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I tell you. God is doing some amazing things in our church, and he's doing some amazing things in the world around he, around us, isn't he? You know, there's, some, there's really some, a lot of things going on as we see that day of the Lord approaching. And so I'm really humbled to be able to be able to, you know, sh- uh, share in this ministry and share with you all what God is doing in this church. And evangelism is a key part. So... I just want to uh, go through real quick and t- and let you know what we're going to look at over the next four weeks. We're going to break up in three segments each night, uh, and we're going to be spending about, I've got 30 minutes in the Word and 30 minutes in I go. We're probably going to have to cut that down uh, to like 20, maybe 20, and and 20 minutes of, of practical. So we'll, we'll break up at the end. The, the first part tonight, we're going to look at the motivation of the gospel. And uh, the second part, we're going to look at the preparation for the gospel. And then the third part is going to be the practicality of the gospel and building testimonies. Um, so tonight, um, I just want to look at, first of all, uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going we're gonna to go to John chapter 4. Um, I'm going to queue up a... Or, um, A.V. is going to queue up a video here in just a second. Um, Let me find my cursor. There it is. Um, So, uh, we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to talk about the simplicity of sharing the gospel. And um, we've got a little video before we get started that talks about personal evangelism and what's called backyard evangelism so uh, we're going to cue that up and then we'll we'll start out so thank you
says, wait a second, where's my wife? My wife, repeats the bus driver, because he can't say one word of English. And at this point in time, Ryan is being shoved off of the bus by everybody who's trying to get off of the bus. And I am pinned in the back of the bus. I am not able to move. And I'm telling you, this is a little bitty bus with like 200 people on it, right? 200 people, small bus. And I am just, I can't move through this crowd. Chris. Hey, what are you doing out here? You want anything? Yeah, I'll take a water. Everything okay? Oh, yeah, fine. Just getting some air. So how are things going with you guys? Oh, great. Hey, Josh finished his first soccer season. That was a lot of fun. What is it? I don't know. This girl that worked, worked in HR, she died last week. Brain aneurysm or something. Yeah. I didn't really know her, but, you know. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, the thing is, it's, it's, it's not that I'm so upset about her dying. Uh, you know, I really, I didn't know her that well. It's just, I can't stop thinking about my own life and, and what it means. How selfish is that? I don't know. Pretty normal, I guess. I mean, something like that happens, you can't help but wonder what's the point, yeah. you know? Yeah, because, you know, I want my life to mean something. What do you think? <laughs> when I was in college, I met this girl, Casey. She was so different, so fearless. One night at this party, a group of us all drunk, high, we all get in the car, go for a ride in the countryside. Casey's hanging out the window, just screaming at the night. And I try to talk her back into the car. Of course, she wasn't having none of it. She just tells me that I'm boring and I need to learn how to have some fun. <laughs> and then she climbs completely out of the window up on top of the roof of the car. <laughs> Everybody thought it was great. Not me, though. I'm, I'm sulking in the back corner. She loses her balance, and she just falls right in front of me. And then she died. Wow. I was really confused. Mad at God. Why didn't I do anything? I mean, was God punishing me for having fun? How selfish is that? Anyway, I end up back in church searching for answers. Did you find any? <laughs> it's where I met Leah. Hmm. Leah's a lot like Casey was. 
But where Casey's focus was self-destructive, Leah's focus was on her relationship with God. And I fell in love with her. She fell in love with me. My relationship with God changed. I wanted to know the God that she knew. I mean, she laughed, loved life. I came to understand that God wanted the same thing for me. He was the only one who could set me free and give meaning to my life. And he showed me that through Jesus' life and sacrifice. Jesus? So you believe all that? You know, Jesus died for your sins, rose from the dead, all that? I do. I really do. wasn't it? Yeah, so that's a good segue introduction to what we want to talk about uh, over the next four weeks and, and specifically tonight in detail is the simplicity of just personal evangelism. So um, I want to ask a question and Bob and Kelly, you're going to like this because they came up to me after church and I think you asked me something like this because you said you were coming and, and, and the question is, what do you think of when you think of evangelism? And uh, I guess I got the microphone. So anybody, wh what did you guys say? Do you remember? Sharing the gospel. Okay. Anybody else? Linda? Tent revival. Okay. Anybody else? What do you think of? Billy Graham. Billy Graham, right? We, I mean, you know what? And that's, and those are all true, you know. Um, and in this church, I mean, that's so rich in doctrine and and discipleship and knowledge. I mean, we see evangelists come through. We hear evangelists we have so many pastors like Brian and Steve and Bob and Jeremy and and I mean they're all equipped to be evangelists right so sometimes I think that's a little intimidating isn't it and uh, we think about it because that's what we hear in church so but you know what that is really what we just saw is what we want to look at because the simplicity of the gospel, and I know, Steve, you're, you're really good at this, just talking to people one-on-one -on -one and uh, just getting real up close and personal and being very humble and honest and, and just being able to, to lead them. So I want to talk about some of those things tonight in the simplicity of the gospel and... Uh, if you have your Bibles, um, you want to look at John chapter 4 because we're going to look at this just a little bit because I want to look at the conversation with the woman at the well when we think of evangelism and more importantly, the simplicity of just having a conversation, okay? Because um, 
this is an excellent place for us to start, you know. Here we see Jesus has a conversation with a woman at the well, and we see he introduces natural issues into the conversation that are evidence of deeper spiritual need that only God could fulfill. However, it's, it really takes place, what takes place after the conversation is what we want to focus on tonight. Because after following the conversation, once he transitioned her from the physical water to the living water, once he went through all and broke down all the cultural barriers and gender barriers and social barriers and relationship barriers and religious barriers, which is what needs to be done sometimes because we put up all these walls, um, he finally brought her to a place where she realized her need for the Savior. And she said to him, I know in verse 26, she said, or in verse 25, she said, the woman said, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called the Christ, and when he has come, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus, finally, after getting her to that place where she's ready, she's looking, she's ready to realize. And, and that's the thing that we need to focus on. I'd like for us to put ourselves, I mean, have you ever thought about putting yourself in the place of the woman? I mean, she's lost. But we need to look at that because we've all been there. We need to put ourselves in the place of the woman, you know, and, and realize that other people, we need to realize where other people are at when we were lost. Um, and she finally says, he gets her to that place, and she says, when he has come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, the timing was right, she was ready, she was looking, and he said, I that speak to unto thee am he. He revealed himself. And what takes place next after that is really important because it changed her whole purpose and it changed her life. It changed her heart because she had met one-on-one -on -one with the Messiah and it said that she, she left her water pot and she went her way into the city and saith unto, and saith unto the men, right? Uh, she said, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Okay, she went and she shared what she had heard from God. She shared everything. And I mean, this woman, when she came to the well, if you know the story, um, you see how she had so many, um, so many hangups, so many problems. She had so much shame. She came to the well because it was the middle of the day and she, she came there so she could avoid you know, people, probably specifically women, because women came to the well, but they came in the morning, not in the heat of the day. And so she obviously had a lot of shame. Jesus dealt with that. He dealt with her sin and her shame. You know, he said, um, he, he asked her to go get her husband. And she said, well, I don't have a husband. And he said, you know, you have answered truly, you know, that, You've had five husbands, and the one that you live with now is not your husband. 
So she had a lot of relationship problems. She had a lot. And she went to the men of the city. So this shows us how she was bold in her approach at witnessing, right? But look at this. She was bold. She just made the statement. She was vulnerable, right? Come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. How many of us are, are willing to be just totally truthful when dealing with someone, when we're dealing face-to-face with someone that's broken and just say, you know what, I've been there. Um, Come see a man that told me all things, and he forgave me, right? She found forgiveness. And it's what she says right after this. After she makes this statement, she she asks this question, and I think this is a really important part of what we should do when we try to get up close and personal and share the gospel, uh, when we try to give our testimony, if you will, like this woman did. It, she said, um, she asked the question, is not this the Christ? And I have not underlined. I mean, it was so intentional. It was so perfect because she was bold but she wasn't brass, and she put the ball in their court, right? She said, is not this the Christ? I mean, if you take the not out of it, we could say, you know, she could be bold and say, this is the Christ, you know, and sometimes that's the approach that we can take, be bold, because we know the truth, and we've heard the truth, and this will help you, and we know it, And we can be forceful, but those walls will come up, right, with people. Or we could do the other way. It could have been, uh, she could have said, um, is this the Christ? And that would be kind of like uncertain, unsure. It'd be like, well, don't you know? You just made the statement, you know, and now. And sometimes we can be unsure, right? We can be a little bit um, unsure about ourselves. And that's where it's so important to know who sent us and the power that's working in us is the Holy Spirit. Because she said, is not this the Christ? And look at the results. I mean, the proof is in the fruit, right? Because it said that they, they came out of their town and they made their way toward him. So, really, this verse summarizes what personal evangelism is all about, right? It's just telling others what Jesus has done for us. Is that right? So, this word evangelism, um, when we think of it, it means to proclaim the good news, right? And what we want to accomplish over the next four weeks is really fourfold, and we have it right here on the board, The first is to acquire the heartbeat of God, right? We want to acquire his heart. So that's what IGO is really all about, is acquiring God's heart. Because what's God's heart? To share the gospel, right? To share his love, to share salvation. So we need to get alone with God to be able to acquire the ability to 
be guided and led by the Holy Spirit. And another word in the New Testament for evangelism is testimony. It says this woman uh, testified, right? That's what happens in a courtroom. She testified, come see a man, right? Come see. She offered an invitation. Come see a man that told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? So the second thing is we need to acquire, first of all, but we also need to apply, we need to apply a truthful or an honest perspective, God's perspective, and a humble approach, right? That's what we need to do. That's what Jesus did, and that's what the woman did, what she learned. She did also, right? It's a truthful perspective with a humble approach from what we see and hear from God, right? We have to get alone. But some of the, um, we, we have like 10 principles in IGO, and one of the principles is um, um, get alone with God before you get alone with people, right? We need to acquire his heart. Um, and then the second thing is we need to listen, or another principle uh, is we need to listen more than we talk, right? And I don't know about you, but how many of you have ever made that mistake when you get zealous and you get excited and you see something happen and somebody willing to engage in the gospel and you just talk, talk, talk? Have you ever done that? I've, I've done that. I've done that. And the thing is, it shuts down their engagement and the Holy Spirit's leading so it's really important to listen more than we talk. And that's perfect. That's what the woman did. She just made a statement, asked a question, and look at the results. The men came out of the city, it said, and they believed on him. And then it said many more came out that believed on him, and they abode, in verse 40, it said that they would tarry with him and he abode there two days. Two days. You know, what does it mean to abode? To abide? To like live with or to dwell? I mean, they camped out. They talked. They hung out. They had discussions. He answered all their questions. He revealed himself to them. And it said many more believed because of his own word. You know, we have to realize, and I mean, myself included, we, we all have to realize that God is the ultimate evangelist, the Holy Spirit, Christ in us. That's what does the evangelizing. We just have to be open and willing, right? The best ability, what do they say the best ability is? Availability, right. We just have to be available and open to what the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us to do. So the third thing is we need to uh, simplify our idea of evangelism. Nothing should seem more natural than wanting to share, right? Wanting to share a, a, the idea of personal evangelism, getting alone, one-on-one, -on -one, and just having conversations, and letting people talk, and just listening for their really their, their needs, their deep spiritual needs and being able to try to guide them and talk to them. 
And then the, the first, and then the fourth thing is that we should amplify, right? We want to amplify and share this with others. The greatest news that can ever be heard, the gospel, right? So as we do this, we see that in personal evangelism, kind of like we saw in the video, this will transform hearts and transform lives by unleashing God's power, right? It not only transforms other people's lives, hopefully, if they receive the gospel, if they, if they come in and, and follow Christ, then it's going to transform their lives. But God uses us, and in the process, it, it transforms our heart. It transforms our lives, right? There's nothing greater than engaging in the gospel, right? So um, with that, I'm going to pray, and we're going to break up into the second part and look at uh, a little more deeply of what IGO and the philosophy behind IGO, which IGO stands for, is if, if not everybody knows what that stands for, it's not IGO, it's, it's, it's we go, right? It's intentional gospel outreach. So it's about being intentional in our approach and being intentional with our prayer life, with our approach, which, with our worship of God, because there's no greater way to glorify God than sharing the gospel and seeing people saved, being used by him, right? So with that, Bob, could you hand out um, the, the second part that we're going to look at tonight in IGO? And... Uh, I need to pull it up because um, I, I, I think I got rid of it somewhere along the line, so I'm going to have to pull it back up. What did, what's the handout say at the top, Bob? Okay, that's right. I go... I go personal outreach. Okay, there it is. Okay, yeah. So let me pray, and we'll and we'll take a look at this, and then we'll after we look at this, we'll break up. and And if you have any questions, if we if you want to um, discuss uh, any part of this, please, uh, we'll give you the mic, or you can just say it out and. Uh, We'll, we'll kind of interact as we go with this. But the intentional gospel outreach uh, at HVF that, we're, that we have really, it's been, um, IGO has been in play for, uh, Steve, do you remember how long IGO has been in play? Yeah, it's been, I know it's been uh, for at least the last five years, I would say. But um, the thing about it is, is that we want to take a more personal approach for where it's not so intimidating. So people like me, people like you, people like all of us can see that really um, God wants us to share the gospel 
He wants, he wants that to transform our lives, but uh, we have to overcome those obstacles, those fears, those barriers that we face, because we all face them. You know, you know what it feels like to feel like you start to share the gospel with someone, and then you feel like, oh, did I say something? Or you get a look, and you feel kind of awkward. You know what I'm talking about? So we need to get alone with God. We need to build teams where we have accountability, where we have prayer teams, uh, where we begin to have that fellowship in the gospel. It's the most important thing. And we see it very much throughout the New Testament. Next week in the first segment, uh, Jeremy's going to be talking about that a little bit when he's going to be talking about prayer for the gospel. And uh, so you want to be back for that because it sounds like it's really going to be good. Um, but the, the mission for um, IGO is, is pretty much the same mission as the mission statement for the church, right? Which, does anybody know what that is, the mission statement for the church? Oh, it's right there. That's right. Who wants to read it out? Right, right. Well, yeah, I added personal evangelism. That's, that's really, it's, it's the same, and at w- which it would be discipleship, or it would be uh, the same in missions, or uh, evangelism, or even on a smaller, personal, simple level, personal evangelism. So um, that's ours. And, and the teams, the teams stand for, it's an acronym for Together Everybody Advances Missions Simultaneously. Because when we think of evangelism, who do we think is responsible for evangelism, usually? Yeah, right. Somebody else, you know, that's like for somebody that's much more equipped than I am, right? So, but really, we're all responsible. And God wants to show us some amazing things if we can learn to step out of our comfort zone, you know, and I, I know what that's like. I mean, I know what it's like to, to have fear. You know what it's like. Those are things that we need to overcome because God wants to do some amazing things through us. And he can and he will if we'll be willing to step out of our comfort zone and be intentional. So the first aspect, uh, there are four aspects in this also, um, is to be intentional in gospel outreach. Because when we think of gospel outreach, we usually think of doing, right? It's another thing to do. Okay, and, and that's the fear that I have. That's the fear that I think, you know, Brian and some of the other pastors in the church, this is another thing to do. But it's really just a thing that goes right along with it, all the other things that we're doing to advance the kingdom of God and the mission of God, right? Uh, it's, it's to be. We need to be what God made us to be before we can do what he's asked us to do, right? So we need to be intentional. And that means taking an intentional personal approach to fulfilling the command to go in the Great Commission and Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Can somebody read that? Does somebody want to read that 
and I'll give you a mic. And you can pass around as soon as the next one. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Amen. All right. So there's three things that I just highlighted in that is all power. Jesus says all power is given unto me, right? He has the power. And when you you look at this word power, um, what do you think of? Might, power, something strong. Yes, there's a good one. That's good. Thanks, Ron. Um, and this word also means to execute, execute judgment in his kingdom. He's got the power, right? And he wants to use us if we'll be willing to be used with that power. He wants to show us his great power of how he can change not only the lives that we might come in contact, but in the way he uses us to do that, transforms our heart and our lives. And, and then it comes down to go, right? We know that's the, the, the Great Commission. It all starts with that word go, right? We have to be willing to, to go and then uh, go and do what? Teach all nations, right? And here... We, we use the word for evangelism to teach all nations because they first have to get saved, right? We teach them about Christ. We teach them about uh, God. We, we get up close and personal, like in the video, and we just try to get close so they'll receive the gospel because if they don't have the Holy Spirit, they can't really be teachable, can they? It's pretty hard to teach a lost person the things of the Spirit, isn't it? So we have to be willing to go in that way and teach them and evangelize and share the gospel. And then the second thing, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, that really has to do with planting them in the church, the ordinance of baptism, so that they can begin to grow. And then teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Um, that has to do with discipleship, right? And helping them to grow and then be reproducing like we all are. Really, evangelism is discipleship. Evangelism and discipleship are two sides of the same coin, if you will, right? They, they go right together. Evangelist, evangelism, discipleship, missions. And the last part that I highlighted is that I, he says, I have commanded you. So it's not only a commission, it's a command, right? And why does God command us to do something that maybe feels so uncomfortable or so hard? Does anybody have any ideas? It's so important. Why is it so important? Right, he does. And the cool thing is he wants to use us in the process. And we get to be a part of that, feeling his power, his kingdom, and the, and the kingdom to come. 
you know, being a part of building that kingdom is just the coolest thing that we can ever imagine if we don't think about it, if we're not open to it, if we're not praying for it, if we're not preparing for it, then, you know, we probably aren't going to do it because the fear and the obstacles and um, all of those things are going to take over, right? Especially, like, in the, in the world we live in. And, uh, and the sad part is, a lot of churches, there's a lot of Christians that don't engage in evangelisms, Right? And we can look at it and point the finger and everything, but the real thing is is God has such a blessing that he wants to give us, and he doesn't want us to miss out on that. He wants us to be a part of, of that. And uh, I don't know about you, but I think the time before he comes back is pretty soon, right? So the, the second uh, thing is to be, we need to be, uh, to have God's heart, to be continual in prayer, right? Be continual. That's the, that's the third aspect. Or, I mean, I'm sorry. The second aspect is be personal. Contact begins with God, right? We've got to get along with God. We've got to meet with God before we meet with others in our own backyard, right? Can somebody read uh, Acts 1.8? Mike's back there. Would somebody? Thank you, Steve. Acts one uh, eight. Yeah. But I'm be, sorry. Yeah. Acts one eight. But yeah. be. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria. And unto the uttermost part of the earth. All right. So that personal contact, it begins with God. God is the initiator, right, of all salvation. He's the initiator of creation. He's the initiator of the new creation, the new creature that he places within saved people, right? And he talks about this as he initiates it. He said, to the disciples before they went up to the upper room before the day of Pentecost. He said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You see, the power comes through the power of the Holy Ghost that he places within us. And he says, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, in Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. So we see this principle all throughout Scripture that God works from the inside out, right? He works from the inside out to the uttermost. He works in us. He wants to work in us. He wants to give us the, the, the power to understand what he's doing and to be used of him so that it can spill into out of our hearts and into our lives and into the you know, our, our family and into the streets and into our cities and into our states and country and hopefully to the uttermost, you know. The sky is the limit. But it all begins with having that personal contact with God because it changes our hearts. It changes our perspective. And then the third part is we need to be continual about... <clears throat> Be continual in prayer about engaging the souls of men with the gospel. 
taking a consistent and a simple approach to sharing the gospel in the lives in which we touch, uh, that we touch, and are within the spheres of our influence by actively, first of all, praying and then looking for witness opportunities, identifying witnessing opportunities, which we're going to do tonight. Um, we're going we're gonna to look at, at not only identifying maybe one person that maybe God has placed on our heart, maybe one person in our family or one friend or one coworker, uh, somebody in our close proximity, and just begin to pray and see what God does. And begin to pray that God changes our heart, too. And as we do that, we'll see God will begin to work when we're intentional about it and we're specific about those prayer requests. And then as we do those with others, we grow in that, that accountability, that fellowship of the gospel. And we begin to see, you know, what he's actually doing in his, in his spirit realm, in his in his. Uh, kingdom, what he wants to do with us. And we need to also be looking for witnessing opportunities every day. It needs to be a continual thing because uh, I don't know how many of you have engaged in sharing your faith a lot, but I know in my life, I kind of grew up in a church where we did Monday night uh, evangelism, where we go door to door and do that, and uh, did that for a while, and uh, when I was younger, and then, you know, I I, I grew, um, went to went to college, went to a different church when I came back, and um, some different things, but and and I shared the gospel at times, but it wasn't continual. And the thing about it is we, we've got to realize is that God wants us to grow continually and he wants us to go continually. And I think both of those things kind of fit together. That's the purpose in which he created us for, right? He created us for, to, what do you think the, the main purpose that God created us for? Is anybody? Yeah, Belinda. Worship him, right, just like the woman at the well. You know, worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth about why he created us is to worship him. It's to glorify him. And I believe there's no greater way that we can glorify God than to be humbly submitted to his service and share the gospel with others. Because we have to really... I don't know about you, but when we, when we do that, we have to be willing to meet with God. And we have to be willing to allow him to sanctify us and, and cleanse us. And we have to be open to him because we can't do it without his power, right? It's, it just can't be done. And I mean, we'll be very frustrated if we try and I don't know about you, but I've tried. I mean, not trying to try, but, you know, just thinking, well, it's more my duty maybe. And uh, it just doesn't work. God wants to use us, but he wants us to be submitted to his power. 
And so, um, anyway, uh, in John 8, 30 through 32, uh, does somebody else right close there? Sharon, you want to read that? Spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Right. See, that's the cool thing. He tells us if we continue. You see, growth is continual. And for us to grow, we need to continue in the truth, right? In his word. And the truth is what makes us free. And it makes other people free also, right? When we're living in the truth about what our purpose is, what God has called us to do, um, it makes us free. Do you think everybody is called to be uh, an evangelist? Any thoughts on that? What, what do you guys think? No? No? Yes? No? Okay. What do you think? Yeah. 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 I've been on both sides of yes and no. I've been on both sides of it. But I I agree. That's a good that I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. We all need to be sharing, Sharon. <laughs> right. We need to be sharing the gospel. Excuse me. Um, right. Because it really goes back to what, how do you divine, define evangelism, evangelist, right? How, how do we look at it? When we look at it like we looked at in the video, when we look at it like the woman at the well, and, and I know Jesus hadn't died and he hadn't gone and, you know, that whole thing. And so she didn't, wasn't indwelt maybe by the Holy Spirit and, and all of that. But still, the principles are there. I think it's clear that God wants us. What, what is the very first command? You know, just thinking about it. Back in the beginning, in the garden, what did, what did, what did God command uh, what did he command Adam to do? Adam and Eve, what did he say? You know, yeah. Yeah, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, right? And, and it's really, it's true all the way down through all dispensations. It's true for us in this age of grace. We are to be fruitful and multiply with the Holy Spirit, with the gospel, and that's part of God's plan. It's his command, right, for every one of us. So the way to do that is, in fourth, it's we need to be trusting God for supernatural fruit, right? Um, we need, I mean, we can't do it without him. We need to be trusting by prayer for souls that can be touched with the gospel and our dependence on the Holy Spirit's working in accordance to our obedience to his command. And 
Matthew 9.37. Can somebody read that? This kind of gives us a perspective of how we should look at, at what's going on in, in uh, evangelism or sharing the gospel. Matthew 9.37. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Yes. And that, it really shows us the dire uh, responsibility that we have, especially in this Laodicean age. Because the, the, the harvest, we see the harvest is plenteous. I mean, we know when, when times get the darkest, when they get the hardest, you know, that's the most ripest time to, to bear fruit, to, to share the gospel. You know, if we do it in the right way, if we do it in God's power, that's why it's so important for us to get together, for us to pray, right? That's, in Igo, that's the, we start with prayer and we end with prayer. They're connected. And we're going to look at that and it's like seven different parts but it, it all just flows together but it starts with prayer and it ends with prayer because prayer is the most important thing you know I think it's also the most neglected thing and I've been guilty of that you know but but as we see especially in, in evangelism in sharing the gospel in reproducing in doing what God's called us to do it's it's absolutely it, it's crucial we need to be praying, praying. I mean, I'm convicted. You know, not only am I humbled, I'm convicted that I need to pray. And that's, that's one of the things. We need to pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest, right? It's his harvest. Again, it goes back to that. And John 15, 5, um, can somebody read that? I am... <clears throat> Ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me he can do nothing. Yes, without me you can do nothing, right. Um, and again, we see that, he that abideth in me, what, and we, we talked about that a little bit with the woman at the well, but this vine, when you look at the vine, um, it symbolizes our, uh, it symbolizes the nation of Israel, their spiritual uh, growth, but it also um, pictures us in our spiritual relationship that we have to abide in Christ, right? We see that over and over in the New Testament. We need to abide in him. We need to live in him. We need to dwell with him, right? He's in us and we're in him, and we have that close, intimate relationship. That's why it's so mu so important for us to to be in prayer and to depend on him because he promises us that we will bear we will bear a little fruit much fruit right and he also goes on and he says fruit that remains so it's important that if we do it in his power we're trusting we're depending on him he promises us we'll bear much fruit and we've seen that a lot in this church. It's such a privilege. You know, I know all of us can attest to that, to be a part of a church that's bearing fruit, especially in these last days where other, 
where other churches are dying on the vine, you know, HBF is still bearing fruit. And man, that's exciting to me. I'm just, I'm just humbled, you know, to be a part of that. Because he, he goes on to say, for without me, you can do nothing, right? It all depends on him. So we can't cause, we can't create, we can't bring about the results in evangelism. Evangelism is ultimately a spiritual activity that the Lord initiates and he completes, right? And the fruit or the disciples is the goal to make disciples so that they grow up and they reproduce. The, the fruit of our evangelism uh, work is truly always God's doing. I, I put all way, right? Because, because um, when we see that word all way, it's like anywhere, anytime, anyplace, in every way, right? In every single imaginable way, it's his doing, right? So um, tonight, in the, the remaining minutes, um, I want us to get together and look at some, some prayer points um, that I've got listed below on the back of your paper. And think about, um, at the end we'll get back together and maybe uh, look at this, but I want you to think about, identify one person, right, and, in small groups and begin to pray and um, that the Lord will change, um, change our hearts, right? Um, Jeremy's going to talk about this next week, but well, a lot of times I think we want the Lord to change other people's hearts. But he's just wanting, to, he, 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 he uses us as instruments and he reveals himself to them and he sends people to them, but he won't force himself on anybody, right? So that's important for us to know that he needs to change our heart and our perspective and how we look at that and make us ready and aware and attentive of what he's doing in people and places in our lives so that we might be used of him to be a witness of his grace and his goodness. And, and as we do this tonight, we, hopefully we continue with this throughout the week and it becomes a continual thing where we practice it. Uh, we pray for that person. We pray for those people, whoever you identify and whoever you... Uh, pray for tonight. The second part is to begin to identify uh, one or more family members of, uh, or, or a friend or a co-worker that you believe the Lord would like you to witness to and then just simply begin to pray for them, okay? We'll do that when we break up and hopefully you can do it um, for the rest of the week. And I will say... Um, I didn't get any. I was going to ask you about this, Steve, and I didn't get a chance to, to talk to you about it, but um, how many people have ever journaled before or do journal or keep maybe a prayer journal? You ever kept a prayer journal? Okay, I know. If you haven't done it, I mean, it's like, okay, it's going to take some time. You know, it's just like prayer, but... It's important for us to journal, especially with the contacts, because that way we get to see what God is doing in their lives and what he's doing in our lives. And I started doing that back, oh, right about the time when COVID hit last year. And, um, and uh, I, don't, I didn't bring my journal in, but anyway, um, 
kept track of the contacts that I made and the prayers that I've had and the interactions with some of them continued those the conversations with them and it truly I know it changed my perspective of the way I look at evangelism and it, it, it does because God begins to work on our hearts I think it, I think if you haven't ever done that I invite you to do that because it's really important okay and then um that that's the last thing begin to to document you know uh the deepest needs for these spiritual thirsts that you might identify when you when you have contact with these people and you talk to them um so just just begin the conversation with god okay just begin by praying for them because a lot of times i mean we have to pray for people for a long time before God ever opens the door that we can say something to people, right? We have to pray for them and pray the Lord of the harvest that uh, he would send other people into their lives. So we pray for their spiritual thirst and then we begin to look for them in the needs like the woman at the well. You know, there were so many needs that Jesus addressed in that story and if you haven't read it, I mean, I invite you to read it this next week because it's one of the greatest stories in the Bible, the longest conversations of evangelism where Jesus does it and walks her through that. You know, her need for forgiveness, right? Her need for shame and guilt over sin. Her need to be honest, to, to, her need for honest community, to have a real community relationship, right, which we find in the church, which we find with the, the people of God uh, in the church of God. And then the need for guidance and direction, or we see it with, with a life that is out of control by finances, drugs, relationships, circumstances. Those are all spiritual thirsts, right, for a much deeper need that only Christ can fill, right? So... We have to be able to look for those things and know how to find the open door that maybe we can share with them, maybe our testimony, share with them. Maybe they'll ask, right? Maybe they'll ask, what, what is it that you found? How can you have joy? And, you know, 1 Peter 3.15 says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you, right? To every man that asketh you. It's not that, what, that we tell. We first have to be sanctified and sanctify the Lord in our own hearts. And then we have to be prepared. We have to be ready, right? That comes through prayer, comes through preparation like we're doing, comes through keeping a journal and praying for them and doing it continually. Um, and then we're ready to give an answer to everyone, every man that asketh, right, the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, right? I love that verse. That's a, that's a perfect verse for having really the heart, or that, the heart that we should have to be made ready for the master's use, be ready for his use. So um, with that, I'm going to pray, and we'll break up for maybe the next 10 minutes, and if we could break up in groups of, um, let's see, how many do we have there? Two, three, 
6, 8, 10, uh, 12, 14, 15. So maybe break up in three groups of five. Could we do that? Or something close to that. If you have six, that's okay. If you have four, that's all that's left over. That's fine. But break up and just try to identify, maybe talk about, share with it, and then pray real quick, and then we'll, we'll get back together and uh, talk about uh, just going forward. Okay? So let me pray, and we'll do that. Father, I thank you so much. Um, I thank you so much for your, your love for us, your heart for us. Uh, Lord, truly, I, I mean it. I am, I'm humble to uh, be able to even uh, be used of you like, like you want uh, me to be used, like you want us to be used. Lord, we just, we thank you that you want to show your power through us. You want to build your kingdom through us one soul at a time. And I just pray as we begin this, we would begin to learn to acquire that, that heart, that heartbeat that you have, that love for people, that compassion uh, that can only come from being prepared and praying and uh, um, being humble and willing to do what you've commanded us to do. And what a, what a privilege and how exciting it is in these last days that you can, you can use us in ways that we can't even begin to imagine until you bring those divine appointments into our lives. And we thank you, Lord, and we ask that you be, use our time wisely, that you help us to guide us to use our time wisely. You guide us to use our lips and our mouths wisely, and uh, you would just begin to sanctify our hearts so that we might be able to see your, your power and, and we might be able to glorify you in these last days. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Right. That's excellent, Sharon. That's excellent. That's a good point. Yeah, we're either one or the other. We're either in or we're out, right? So, okay.